0: I just want to, it's uh, been a while since I've been up here, and uh, I just wanted to, just to update you on some stuff that's been going on, and, uh, and then we'll get into the teaching tonight. Um, I haven't been in, in service. I've been in and out of service for the last five, six weeks, um, because it's something very exciting, is we're, uh, we're building a great place for kids to hang out, and uh, we're adjusting that up there, and so I've been up at eKids. That's what we call our, our kids um, and they are having a blast up there. And so um, this is a shameless plug. And I know this is going out on the, on the web too. Um, if you are interested and would love to speak into the future of kids, we um, come talk to me afterwards. Um, they are, they are a, they, I'm learning so much about my faith in, uh, in Jesus by trusting what these kids say and as they watch the, the video and they learn more about Christ. So if you... Um, that's what I've been doing, and if you're interested in that, come. A, we'd love for, to include you in that. We, um, we, just, we need help as we grow, and uh, we would love to give you that opportunity. Well, couple, a, a month back or so, um, I'm going to date myself here, so please be kind. Um, I had my 20th year anniversary from high school anniversary. It's a reunion. It's not an anniversary. No one caught that. All right. And so um, I went to Raincourt High School, so don't hold that against me. Um, all right, there's always one in the crowd. And, um, and so we um, had a, a, an opportunity to go golfing and get together and, and get to meet people that, you know, you haven't seen in a long time. And, and sometimes that's good, and sometimes that's bad. And so we, uh, we were up at uh, Risky Business. We had a round of golf in that morning, and then we were meeting um, um, at Risky Business for... Um, a cocktail hour and so that everyone could meet each other. And so we were, um, I was up there and I was a little late because um, it was the day that we went to golfing. It was 113 degrees and um, I fell asleep after I took a shower and realized maybe I should probably get up and go. Um, and so we got up there and, and so as I walked in, I, I saw some people that I knew and I started to talk to them and, and they're like, what are, you, what are you doing? That's the great question that everyone asks. What are you doing since I haven't seen you since your 10-year reunion? Or or before, and I said, "Well, I'm I, I'm working at a church," and that usually that phrase usually gets one or two reactions. Well, oh, that's very interesting. That's cool. That's great. Or I'll see you later. Or like they, they try to figure out how to get out of the conversation as fast as possible. And so, a couple of conversations that guys that I knew that um, knew me since elementary school, guys that um, that I knew since fifth grade. And uh, they were really encouraging. They were like, hey, how's the church going? We've been following it on the Facebook. We've been following elementcitychurch.org. And that, it's exciting. Tell us how it's going. And that was really encouraging. And, and, uh, and then the next conversation happens. I walk in and, and there's some, uh, some people in there that I played uh, sports with. I, I played football, basketball, and baseball in high school. And baseball was my favorite. And, uh, and so I was passionate about baseball. And so here's these guys that I played baseball with. And so I walked in there and I was having a conversation, asking them how they were doing. They were, some of them were out of town. And um, they didn't want to have any conversation whatsoever. They were like, oh, I hear a little, oh, I, I heard that. And so at that moment, I started to really freak out. Um, I, I'm a, one of my faults is I like to be liked. That's, I mean, that's most of us like to be liked, right? And so I wanted, I wanted so hard to be accepted back into their world. But then God has this scripture that he brings into my mind and into my life every single time I start to feel that. And it's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I've, and I've used this verse many times before, but it's, do not lean on your own understanding in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Because the, the night didn't get easier. The next, the next group of people that I went up to were, uh, you know, they're like very well-to-do. Rincon had UHS and Rincon together. And so I went and talked to some people. And, and uh, if, I did not ha- if God did not give me that verse and I wasn't leaning on that verse, I would have just lost, lost grip. So I talked to this group, and he is, the, um, he is the commodities trader for all the oil coming out of South Dakota. So, if you know anything about South Dakota, it's they found all this oil, and now it's, it's, you know, just people are making millions upon millions of dollars coming out of South Dakota. And so, that was one of the guys I started the conversation with. He's like, hey, you know, we're, we're doing this. We're, you know, we're cruising. I bought, a, I bought an airplane. We're doing this. And, and I just started to, like, oh my gosh. If I didn't trust in who God is and know that when I was 15 years old that I was going to be in ministry, if I didn't know that, if I didn't trust in who He was, and I didn't trust in that verse, I would have been in a downward spiral of depression. I tried. But that verse kept on ringing through my life. And then, story, I played freshman football, and we uh, I was the place kicker. I was the quarterback and the place kick holder. Um, and so we were there, and uh, place kick holders are good, right? They're your friends, right? Okay, he was a place kicker in college, so he understands this. So I was a place kicker, and we... The snap came really bad, and it, I fumbled it. And all of a sudden, there's big men chasing me. So I picked the ball up, and the kicker, his name was Steve. I'll keep his name silent. And, um, and so we're, our, our play after that was to run the option. If you, any guys know the option, it's you run and then see who commits to the ball, and then you kick it out, and then the, the guy runs in. Very simple description of that. And so. We were on the option, so we yelled fire, and we're all running, and um, there's this big, large 55. I mean, all I saw was 5'5", running at me. And, and I was like, oh my gosh, what do I do? What do I do? And then I said, okay, well, he's over there. So I literally pitched the ball. As I let go of the ball, this dude leveled me. Leveled me. Boom. Smack. I was out. So I think I was out for maybe a second or so. I mean, I, And then I look up. And here is Steve in the end zone doing a little dance because he just scored a little extra, extra point. And to that, ever since that point, he always made fun of me that, you know, thanks for taking the hard shots for me because it made my day and my year a lot easier. <laughs> and so I see Steve across the, uh, Steve across the bar and, I, and I, I walk over to him and I said, hey, Steve, how are you doing? He's like, all right. I didn't see you at the 10-year reunion. I was somewhere else. I have had a bet with my wife I have had a bet with my wife. No conversation starts out well when it says, I have a bet with my wife, and you're involved. Never, It's not good. And so he says, my wife didn't trust me that I knew you in high school and that you said that you were going to be a pastor in the ministry, and she didn't trust me. She said that no athlete could be a pastor in the ministry, especially if they hung out with you. So I said, what do you want to know, Steve? He's like, I just want to know, what is your profession? What do you do? What do you do Monday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday? What do you do? And I said, well, I am a pastor. And he's like, he just jumps up in the middle of the bar and says, yes, I just got 20 bucks. (laughs) His wife didn't trust him. Not only did his wife not trust him, but our whole society, everything that we're about, doesn't trust very well. We have a problem with trust. We don't trust easily and we don't trust well. Turn on your TV. Look at the relationships on the TV and the, real, uh, the, the contracts that are broken. Or maybe you've been betrayed by a coworker or a, a relationship like that. Maybe you've been taken advantage of financially. Maybe you've signed the dotted line on something and, and it wasn't what it was. And then you've ended up being taken and your shirt's been ripped off and you've been had to file for bankruptcy or any of those things. Maybe your trust has been broken with a lie from a parent. Maybe your trust has been broken from someone that was like a parent figure to you and you <coughs> couldn't trust them because you couldn't trust what they said. And I think the one that hurts the worst, and I hope not a lot of us, or maybe some of us have experienced this, have been cheated on in a relationship. That's a trust breaker. Trusting others can be hard, maybe even painful for some. But trust issues aren't something new. They don't just, just don't think that you just have a, you're an isolated incident and and you are the only one that's struggling with trust. Let's grab our Bibles and turn to Genesis. Genesis is the first Bible. First Bible. First book of the Bible. And we're going to go straight into chapter 3. And so, just just so we know some history here, one was creation to this point, so the two chapters before this, God created the earth On the seventh day, he rested, and then he created man, and then he had the man name all the animals and all that kind of stuff. And everything was kosher, everything was cool. And then this is what happened. 3, 1 through 6. So Genesis 3, 1 through 6. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord had made. He said to the woman, Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, But God said, you must not eat the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw the fruit of the trees when it was good and for the food and it was pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some And ate it. That should be like a dun dun dun. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate it also. Adam and Eve ate the fruit. This was just an act of disobedience. It was it was it was disobedience, but it was a breaking of trust. It was God was trusting them. And they were supposed to be trusting God. And that trust was broken in that moment. In the previous chapter, God says, don't eat of that tree or touch that tree. Don't touch it. And so in human nature, what do we do? It makes it more exciting, right? It makes us wanting to do it. And we try to figure out how to do it. God wanted to protect them. He wanted to have them trust him. He wanted them to trust him to provide for them. He wanted to trust him to protect them from the evil that was out there. He wanted to trust and he wanted them to love him only. Satan's oldest trick in the book and you have, you have probably heard it. Oh, God is a killjoy. He doesn't know what he's talking about. You know what you need to do. You know what he, who he is. If You really take the fruit? Are you really going to die? Are you really going to die? Seriously, what's the worst you can happen? And so Adam and Eve, Eve takes the fruit, eats it, gives it to her husband, thinking there's going to be no consequences because the serpent, they believed the lie that the serpent gave them, that they would know more than God, or they would know what God was up to. Trust was broken with God in that moment. And we have been struggling as humankind to figure out how to rebuild that trust with God ever since. I grew up in church, and I grew up, um, and this is going to date myself again, flannel boards. You know flannel boards where the, the little people are flannel, and they have a little cloth board, and they stick it on there, and they tell a story? Um, that's how I learned a lot about the Bible was those from those flannel boards and some wonderful old ladies that smelled kind of weird, but gave me cookies and, and put stuff on boards to tell me, um, stories. And I always was, always was taught that the story of Adam and Eve and eating of the fruit was a disobedience to God, which it is. But just recently, in the last several months, I have really started to understand that this was a trust breaker from God in God's relationship. It wasn't disobedience. It was a trust breaking from God. The root of Adam and Eve's first sin was the lack of trust in God. The lack of trust in God. Come to think of it, as I was preparing, I think most of the sin, at least my sin, is rooted in not trusting in God. Think about that for a second. Think about the sins that you do on a, on a private level or on, even if people know about it. Was it done in trust, in trusting God? Satan convinced Adam and Eve, that God wasn't truthful. That he wasn't telling the truth. He was holding something back. He was refraining from something because he wanted to keep it. And the only way that they could gain it is if they took it themselves. Because God wasn't trustworthy. In the Ten Commandments, the first commandment is, you shall not have any other gods before me. I.e., You shall not put your ultimate trust in anything or anyone besides God. I'm just going to take a broad statement. And if you uh, agree with it, take it. What we usually do is we trust everything but God. Can anybody align themselves with that? I can What do we trust in? Some of us trust in 104.1, talk radio. And we get all of our information. We get all of our our knowledge, all of our opinions from that. Or some of us listen to what the TV or what the stars are doing or what reality TV does or whatever those things are. Those are the things we trust in. Some of us trust in other people. They seem to know what they're doing. They, They seem to know how to live. They seem to do that well. And so we put all of our trust in following someone else. Some of us trust our bank accounts. We know that we have enough money. We know that we have enough resources. So we can do whatever we want, however we want, because we have enough resources to back it up. Or some of us are trusting completely in our jobs. Us males, we we have a lot of identity in who we are and what we do. Or who we are and what we do. Um, and so some of us are trusting completely in what our jobs are. And if I didn't say one that fits you, fill in the blank. You're, you could be trusting in something more than completely in who God is. Or we say that we're trusting in God. We say that we are running our mouths and we're, we're doing all the right things. We're saying all the right things. But then we live a life that is not reflective of that we trust in who God is. We skip around church to church, or we skip around when someone gets too close to, to who we are and, and and we just move somewhere else. Or we, we live two separate lives. We have to live a life that reflects what we say. What's the best way to kill a plant or to kill a weed? What's the best way to do that? Anyone? Do what? From the root, right? I used to hate it when my mom, I love power tools. Anybody in the same boat as power tools? I I loved the weed eater. You know, the weeds are in the yard and you take the weed eater and, you know, knock them all down. Um, And my mom would come out, "Um, Brian, you need to pull them by the root. Why? I always wanted the fast way through it. But through two or three weeks later, guess what? If I didn't pull it by the root, what happened? It showed back up. So, so the root of our lives, the root of our lives is trust in God. So if, if we have our root there, and we, we that is trust. Trust in God is the root of our lives. And sin starts to grow more and more. And as sin comes in, our roots die. And then our plant starts to die. Our lives start to die. And then as we allow sin to enter our life, and we do bad decisions, and we have bad decisions, and we keep on moving on and moving on, those decisions and those choices seem to be more comfortable. They seem to, to be all right. They seem like, oh, that's not un, unreal. That's not too bad. I, I've been doing it for a while now. It doesn't, it doesn't seem... To be affecting me But the problem is is that as, as we sin and as we do that, the things in our life begin to die, and we begin to not trust in who God is, and we start filling those roots full of stuff. And it's not only the big things that change our life, or that we have to have trust God in, it's the small things. It's the small choices day in and day out that crowd into our lives and change who we are. Little decisions in the morning can affect multiple times during the afternoon or weeks upon weeks. Do you think think a a person wakes up in the morning and says, you know what, I'm going to rob a bank today. Or has there been previous decisions before that decision that has allowed that kind of communication to happen? Do you think your spouse or, or someone that you're married to just wakes up one day and says, hey, I'm gonna commit adultery today, or I'm gonna have an affair? No. Decisions made over time erode our relationships with Jesus and erodes our trust. When I was, uh, when I was 15, 15 was a huge moment in my life. Um, I felt God power in my life and just really wanted to, to uh, do what God asked me to do. And so I had, to make, I had to make some decisions. I had to make some decisions on how I was going to live out my trust, how I was going to live out my, my life with, with God. And so um, I'm just going to list some of these things. And I'm not, I'm not saying these to, to be boastful. I'm saying these, these are actual decisions that I had to make one choice at a time. And... Um, and I just didn't show up here um, as a pastor at Element City Church without some God beat me around and some choices that I had to make to get here. So I played sports, like I said earlier. And there is a playing sports. There's a huge language issue, um, and I had to choose not to cuss, not to not to defame, and not to make fun of my teammates. Um, I did. And in in high school, the thing you do with that that goes hand in hand with athletics is partying. You know, I don't know how high school students get so much alcohol and drugs, but they do. And I had to make a choice not to do either of those. I had to handle myself with integrity even when it was uncomfortable. Even when I could have gotten away with something, I had to, I had to be full of integrity when it was uncomfortable. I had to decide not to take advantage of girls. I had to take advantage... Not, <laughs> that came out weird. <laughs> not to take advantage of girls and, and to, re- to treat girls respectfully. I had to make a choice how I wanted to treat people, how I, how I was going to be known. I had a choice to read my, read my Bible, but not just read my Bible, but follow in the character patterns of, of the character of who God is in the Bible. You know what? I had, to, I had to choose to go to church. I had to choose to surround myself with people that were directing me towards Jesus and pushing me towards Jesus than those that were trying to erode the roots in my trust in who God was. When I turned 21, I had a choice. I had a choice whether I was going to spend my time in the bars, um, self gratifying myself, or spending time helping others and reaching out for others. I had to learn and choose to listen to the Holy Spirit. When He said, No, don't do this, or Go do that, I had to learn. And I had to choose to listen. All those things built trust. All those things built trust with God because as I made those decisions, he gave blessings in those decisions. When I started dating Kimberly, Kimberly's family background and my background, totally different. We slammed together and it was chaos for the first six months of our relationship. And I I say that, chaos. I didn't know how to... Everything was an argument. I didn't know how to talk with her. And, and I had to trust. I had to trust in that moment that the God that I served, the God that I loved, the God that I trusted would make this happen because I believed it was the, the woman for me. And it worked out. Absolutely. Trusting God starts in little choices you make throughout your day. Trusting in God starts in little choices you make throughout your day. So when the big challenges occur, you are steadfast in him and you know how to respond. This may be too much information, but uh, I do a lot of thinking in the shower and if I could have an office that was a shower, it would be awesome. Um, I don't know if you guys, I think really good in the shower. Maybe it's because the the noise of the water or it's just isolated or whatever, but I... uh, I was sitting in the shower. I wasn't sitting. I was actually standing. It's kind of weird. Um, and, I, and I was here. I, was, I have conversations. I pray a lot in the shower. I do a lot of thinking, uh, what, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I was in the, standing in the shower, and uh, God says, do you trust me with everything? Oh, yeah. Yeah, God, I, I trust you. You know, we, we've got a good relationship. You know, you're... you're uh, You've provided for me financially, and you've provided for me spiritually. You've given me a good family. Yeah, I I trust you with everything. And he goes, no, Brian, do you trust me with everything? And I was like, whew, that's a deeper question. That had a little more intensity because he's asking again. And I said, what what does that mean? What does that mean? And he goes, "It's," and I felt the the presence of the Spirit say, it's time to move, It's time to leave what you've been doing and it's time to go. I said, so you meet, trust me with everything. So it's time to go. And uh, so you know how all good people do. You run the checklist through your head of what it, it, that is. And so what, where we were at as a family is Kimberly was six months pregnant. God was asking us to pick up from the, the job that I had in, in, as a church, as a youth pastor. Leave with no other job planned and said, I will take care of you. I will provide for you. I just need you to go now. It's time and I need you to go. Do you trust me with everything? I gulped. Because how in a male, in, in US culture or in any culture is you have to provide for your family. How am I going to provide for my family? How am I how she's pregnant? how, how, How are we doing this? And so guess what verse came into mind? Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Do not lean on your own understandings, Brian. Trust me, and I will make your path straight. I had a choice. I had a choice. I could think it to death. I could logically deconstruct the pros and the cons and, then, and be scared after all of that, which I started to do. And then that verse came in and settled my spirit. Brian, are you going to trust me? We've had a relationship for 20 years. And, the, and a peace came over me, trusting and knowing that I don't know what the future held at that moment, I don't know what I was going to do outside when I stepped out of the shower if, when I told Kimberly what, 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 the, what I had, the conversation I had with God. But I know this. God is God and He is good. Let me say that again. God is God and He is good. He's always remained faithful to me. He's always remained true. He's always provided. He's, and He would not put something in my life to make me stumble. So my choice was to follow Him. Now, that was the start of what you guys are experiencing right now. If I would have stayed in that job and blown that conversation off with God and not trusted in who He is, I would have never come out to Pantano Christian Church. I would have never had the prompting to start Elements City Church or start the service So we are sitting in front of, I am humbled. As I was walking up here, I was humbled that Elements started five years ago in September with 12 people in a room praying, asking to reach people for Tucson. Is that right, Katie? So I know that I can trust in my God, and God is God, and he is good. And I know some of you are thinking this because some of you guys have told me this. Brian, it's easy for you because you're a pastor. And I have a couple expletives that I'm going to say right there. But really? I, have, I face the same temptations you guys face I struggle with a lot of the same things you guys struggle with. I struggle with insecurity. You would think, hey, you can get up on stage and you can, you can talk and you can talk about God's word. and pass. But you know what? I was horrified today in my office thinking about what we were gonna do up here. And I have to trust in who God is. And there's not a Monday, I don't know if you've ever talked to a pastor before, there's not ever a Monday that pastors don't have some kind of mini-depression. Because something didn't go right, the conversation was heavy, or you, you feel attacked by the enemy. And sometimes you just want to throw in the towel. But I have to trust in who God is, because God is God and he is good. I get attacked through you guys. I get woken up every, um, not every, but most a lot of times with, with burdens for you guys and, and prayers for you because I want you to, to have the trust and the love of the, your Lord and Savior. And I want you to know how to trust and make decisions based on the trust in God and the root of who God is. Trust comes from believing the truth about God and being transparent with your life. Trust comes from believing the truth about God and being transparent with your life. Let's unpack those two words, truth and transparency. There are over minimum 3,500 promises in the Bible, that God has promised his people, which is us? Do you believe that God sacrificed his son on the cross, that you, that he would break his promises with you, that he'd let you down, that he'd leave you at the last moment? Do you really believe that God is who he says he is? The enemy doesn't want you to think that. He whispers in in your ear after a hurt or after a lie and says, God doesn't really care about you. He doesn't really care. He doesn't care what you do with your money. He doesn't care how you respond to your friends or your family. God's lazy. He just sits up in heaven and just kind of pulls strings when he wants. He's not trustworthy. You have to take care of yourself, do it yourself. Pull up your bootstraps, do it your way, because God's not going to help you. The key is trust. We have to trust that God is God and He is good. Who are you trusting in? Yourself? the master of lies, Satan? Or are you going to trust in God who created the universe? i want to read some scriptures. We're going to start off in uh, these, these scriptures that we're about to read are just going to just I want you to read through them and just let them soak in. Um, John 14 is the first one that we're going to read. John 14, 6. It says, Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to me except through me which is Jesus Jesus said to him I am the way the truth and the life and no one care, comes to me the father except through me Let's flip over a couple pages and goes John 16:13 1613. But when he, the Spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, he will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. Let's go back. I try to keep it all in one book, so you guys know. 832. 8.32, then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. All three of those scriptures talk about truth and if we believe that God is truth and I'm, I, I am a living proof that God is truth. He may not, you may not have experienced the truth in, the, in, a, in your life but keep on pushing it, keep on asking and God will show you. I love it when it says "will set you free." It brings me of the William Wallaces in those in those moments in those movies where, where people are fighting to be free. And the other thing with, is truth and transparency; they go together. The definition of transparent is allowing light to pass through you, so people can easy it, so it's easy to perceive and detect. Transparent is allowing light to pass through you. Easy, perceive, or detect? Is your life transparent? Does God shine through you in a way in the way that you live your life? Is it easy to detect who you serve by your words and by your actions? Or are you hiding? Are you letting sin block the reflection of who God is and the light that God has in you? Because you have chosen to put something that crowds and erodes your roots. The trust in God. you've allowed sin to come in there, and so that it's hard to trust when you've got all this stuff around you. And you could probably say to myself, Brian, I, I had a different lifestyle than you. I had a different experience. I had, um, but you, it, I got hurt, it's really bad, and, and, and you don't know my story. I don't know your story, but God does. And His promises in the Word of God are trustworthy because God is God, and He is good. What are you hiding from? Hiding is when we believe the enemy's lies. We choose to listen to I am not good enough. And that cycles through our life. Shame cycles through our life. Isolation. We hide because we don't want to be discovered. Because we, our roots have been messed with. We don't trust, so we pull back. You might be thinking, people won't understand. People don't understand my story. People don't understand why I'm where I'm at. They may judge me and they may make fun of me. You're right. I I'd love to tell you something different. They will. People might judge you. They may talk behind your back. They they may not understand your story. And they may make fun of you. They may poke and they may prod. When I was at the when I was in the, um, at the reunion, I could hear it behind me. I could hear the conversations of, oh, who does he think he's better than all of us? Who, do, who, who does he think he is? But they persecuted Jesus, so why would we think that we're any different? They mocked him. They tied him up. They whipped him. They beat him. They turned people against him. They called him a liar and eventually hung him on a cross. So yes, I may not know what your story is, but I know that being transparent with others can help you grow your faith and help you trust in God. The consequences of hiding and not being transparent lead to fear, guilt, shame, bitterness, bitterness, isolation. Those words, just in their words themselves, are exhausting. Think about those words. Imagine trying always to, to, to protect yourself in fear, or protect yourself, or spinning yourself down in guilt, or feeling shameful about your past or a situation. Or being bitter because you're not getting your way, or it's not what you thought life was going to be. Or what I think what most Christians do is we isolate because we don't want to be transparent. We don't want to deal with the hurt. We don't want to deal with the issues in our lives that others in the church can do. It takes a lot of work to hide. It takes a lot of work to hide. And when we hide, the trust that we have in Jesus moves farther and farther away. Remember, trust comes from believing the truth about God and being transparent with your life. When we can take the truth of knowing who God is and letting other people see it and then answer their questions and live life out that way, God rewards us with huge amounts of faith. But we have to trust that God is God and he is good. That's how faith gets blown up in our life, is if we live our life so people can see it. Now, some of you are like, well, what does that mean? Like vomit on people? No, not vomit on people. But let people know what's going on in your life so they can help. I have two challenges for you this week. I need a pen, and you need to write it down, or if you have a great memory, unlike me. These are the two challenges. We've talked about being transparent, and we've talked about knowing truth. And so the first, the first one is this. You're going to confess one thing to God that you have not told him about. He already knows it, but it's the, it's the physical act of confession that it's you uttering the words to God and confess to him in some way or about something. Ask him to forgive you. Cry out to him for help in this area. If there's so many to choose from that you don't know what to choose, why don't you just ask him and he'll he'll bring it to your mind. Part B of that is take one person And share with them what you've been struggling with. Now, there's some caution here. Don't pick wisely. Don't put it on Facebook. Be smart. Trust the people that you communicate with. Don't just randomly say, hey, you know what? I just met you. This is my past. If God tells you to, do it. But find some one person that, you can, that can come alongside you and just do one thing. Confess one thing to them. Second, find one out of the 3,500 promises in the Bible that speaks to you. Do a word search on Google. Do God's promises. Read through some scriptures. Figure out where, an area that your life that you've let sin creep into. Figure out an area that maybe you need help with and find a verse Because God's promises do not return void. His word does not return void. His promises are true and they're trustworthy. He's not lazy, He's not a killjoy, and He's not a puppeteer up in heaven. He has our desire of our heart, He created us. And so find one promise. Don't find like 700 million promises and clutter your whole windshield with cards or your mirrors. Find one promise. One promise that you're going to commit to, that you're going to pray through, and that you're going to say, God, I need to see this promise. And remember, trusting comes in the small things that add up to the big things. So if, he, if you can trust Him in one verse or one conversation, your faith will be built and your trust will be rebuilt back to the time before Eve. We can't get that far. But you can trust more. I'm just asking you to step one more closer to God, trusting God, than you are today. Can we commit to that? that? As tomorrow, that we trust him just a little bit more than we did today. On Tuesday, we trust him a little bit more than we did on Monday. It's not that we're at the end of the year. We're, I'm going to trust God more this year. Small steps make big impacts. As we go through, um, at any point in time tonight, if if I have challenged you and and you would like to talk to me about that, I would love to communicate with you. My, My intent is just to show that God is trustworthy. I'm a living testament of that. 38 years of my life, he has been trustworthy every single minute of every single year. And I want that for you. And if you want to talk to me about that, or this is the first time you're like, who is this God, this Jesus, and what is this trust thing? I, I, I'd like to explore that. I'd love to have a conversation with you. I will be down by the cross afterwards. But let's trust. Let's trust in who God is. And we're, as the band comes back up, and I'm going to pray, we, uh, we do this example every week of communion. We have the stations left and right. And it's the bread and the juice. And we do it as a symbolism of God's um, commitment to us with his body and his blood and what he sacrificed for us. And I want you, before you go up to take communion tonight, I want you to thank him for being trustworthy. Thank him for being good. And if you can't, that's okay. But God is good. And he's God. And so, I'm going to pray. And I just want you to, as the the music plays, you can go and take communion. And uh, we'll finish up with a couple songs. Um, But let's just take this time just to really connect with him. Because God is God, and he is good. And he is trustworthy. And we just need to trust in him. Small steps, medium steps, large steps. But let's be obedient to him as he builds trust in us. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I am humbled that that you are God and that you get to have a relationship with me and everybody in this room. And, and Lord, that you desire the best for us. You desire the, the the best in your kingdom. You gave us your son. And Lord, I just thank you that you are trustworthy. Lord, I thank you that you your trust can be built through truth and transparency as we live on this earth. Lord, give us truth in our daily walks as we, as we leave this place, as we start tomorrow. And Lord, let us be transparent. I know it's tough in, in when to be transparent and how to be transparent. And Lord, all those freaks everybody out, freaks me out, Lord. But show us how that we can put the sin down in our life so that we can reflect you through, with power and might, not being ashamed or not being isolated, but not being guilty. But Lord, how we can stand for you in everything that we are and we can trust. We can trust you.